Hi, this is Amber, and you're listening to Amber on Podcasts, the podcast that reviews the best podcasts. It's super meta, bro. Hi, hi, hi. Welcome to episode number 24. Thank you so much for joining me. Did you know that millionaires and billionaires have one thing in common that the rest of us do not have? Do you, do you know what that one thing is? What is the one thing that these rich-ass people have that you and I do not? It's not just money. That's too easy. So I don't think I'm going to let you off that easy. It's not just money or yachts or mansions or Teslas. Millionaires and billionaires have five to seven income streams. Five to seven. Again, let me repeat myself for added impact. Millionaires and billionaires have five to seven income streams. The average American, the rest of us, have one or two. How many do you have? Is, is this fact surprising to you? It was to me. I just learned this. Just learned this. A year ago, year and a half ago, I had no idea that was one of the key ingredients. Why? Because nobody told me. You know, it's funny now because I ask almost everyone that I come into contact with this question. It's a fairly innocuous question, so it's pretty easy to walk up to any stranger and, and kind of blurt it out. I think I do. Um, and I'll say, did you, did you know that millionaires and billionaires have five to seven income streams? And the reactions vary. Some people, some people seem familiar and a little bored or annoyed. But, but most people, most people have the same reaction that I did. And their eyes widen and they look up at me and they make eye, con- eye contact and they say, really? Really? That makes sense. Yeah, it does. It makes, it makes dollars and cents, homie. I've done a lot, I've done a lot of, of reading and research over the last year. So you can think of me as like your little mini Tim Ferriss. I'm studying all the people that I admire, all the mentors, and making them my digital mentors, so to speak. I don't know if that's a real thing. I might have just made it up. But my digital mentors by, by just reading what they write and what they say and paying attention to them, um, people like Tim Ferriss, people like James Altucher, and just modeling myself after them, doing what they do as much as I can. So one of the most helpful things that I learned was diversification, income diversification, having multiple streams of income. And of course, you know, that makes perfect sense for a person who just got laid off, a person, me, who lost her six-figure income and was nearly homeless. I was nearly homeless. So having multiple income streams sure as hell beats having one income stream. Because when I lost my one income, str- an income sc- stream, I was really screwed. And I had to learn this lesson the hard way. So it's, it's my hope, dear listeners, that you do not have to learn this lesson the same way that I did. I hope that by sharing some of what I have learned from my mentors, my digital mentors. I hope that I can help you and give you the tools that you need to have a wonderfully fulfilling life. Now, 
I want you to ask yourself, am I interested in becoming a millionaire? Am I interested in becoming a billionaire? If you're like me, then the answer is a resounding F to the fuck yes. Fuck yes, I want to be a millionaire or even better, a billionaire. How do I do this? How can I guarantee that I am on the money path, the money path? I had these exact questions and I found the answers to my questions by listening to podcasts. Podcasts led me to the people who I find to be the most inspiring and who have, in some cases, become my hero, like my friend James Altucher. I tell you this because I want to have full transparency with you guys. It's important to me that you have a clear and real idea of who I am and where I am in my journey because I have one sole mission for Amber on podcast. This show is my platform to use what I have learned in real time. And and what I mean by real time is that I'm delivering it to you, you know, not soon after it's taken place in my life and talking to you guys on a regular basis. So I'm using what I have learned in real time and how I have applied it to my life and sharing it with you guys. I'm not coming up with this shit. I'm not some great philosopher or guru. I'm just doing some research and looking for ways to survive. And I'm surviving. I'm happy. I'm happy to share that in the last year, I have grown my income streams from one to four, which is huge. I never, I never thought I would be able to juggle four opportunities, but I promise you that it's possible. It's not easy, but it's possible. And more importantly, it's worth it. I, I surely sleep better at night. And one of my most recent income opportunities is a consultant opportunity. And this is for a new company and a new client. So all new for me. And this is a great gig, guys, and one that will put me in a much better position financially to be able to really invest in myself and my work so that I can build and secure a great future for myself. And in gaining this new opportunity, I'm also adding another income stream to my list. So now I have the new consulting gig, my current consulting coaching gigs, writing, podcasting, driving for Lyft, and delivering groceries for Instacart. I didn't say they were glamorous, guys. I want to be fully transparent about where and how I'm making my money. So I hope that by by doing this, by being fully transparent, I'll be able to help someone out there, maybe help them the way that I've been helped by listening to podcasts, because isn't that why we're all here after all? Isn't that why you're listening to this show right now? To learn, to grow, to be able to be better in some way so that you can lead a better life. You see, we have so much in common. Now, I have a confession to make. Getting this new gig wasn't all sunshine and roses. There, there are some contingencies I think that's the right word. Contingencies that are going to make an impact in the short term. It's not forever, just for a little while. But um, what do I mean by that? I mean that in the short term, instead of working from my home office and using my home as my home base, I'm instead going to be working on site in the office with the client, which is great. Face-to-face interaction. There are lots of benefits that come from this. But the, the client is also, it's about an hour commute from my house round trip. 
So I'm going from zero commute to an hour commute. Nothing that will kill me, but my time is the most valuable thing, right? So the one thing I can't get back. So I want to I wanna make sure I'm spending it wisely. Here's the other thing. And to be honest, the one that I'm far, far more fearful of, the, the corporate culture. That's, that's going to be new for me. I can't, I haven't done that in, in about two years now. And I care, I care a lot. I care a lot about everything and anything that I do. Trust me on this. I, I spend a lot of time thinking and pondering and I ask questions of everything that I see. Why is this this way? Why did she do that? Why did he write this? And I'm like, I'm a deeply sensitive and deeply aware individual. I can't, I have no idea how I got this way, but just that I am, I am this way. And I'm not saying this to give myself some kind of accolade. I, because I, I actually, I actually think that it, it, it's not really a benefit at all or a leg up or a hack in any way. I actually think it's a bit of a hindrance. I tend to overthink a lot. And if I have multiple inputs to consider, I will consider all of them as opposed to, you know, like parsing them out or categorizing them or prioritizing their relevance. I have gotten loads, loads, loads better over the last year and a half. But I know that engaging in a corporate culture every day will have its effects on me. And I want to be prepared. So how do I manage this? How do I make sure that the energy and the relationships that I have in this corporate atmosphere don't negatively impact my life and my work? Essentially, it's how do I manage, how do I maintain focus on the most important things in my life? How do I keep the most important thing, the most important thing. Now, I was concerned about my new opportunity, so I do, I did what I always do. I listened to podcasts, and in, and it's in a podcast that I found my answer. Thank goodness. So let's start the show. We all have something in common. We're all overwhelmed, feeling like we don't have enough time, stressed. You know, I'm no different than any of you guys. I overcommit all the time. I take on more than I can handle, which inevitably leads to burnout and stress. And where do I place this stress? Usually on loved ones, strangers, the guy honking at me in traffic, the barista who's too busy flirting to take my order. That's who receive the brunt of my pain, the people who don't deserve it. If you follow me on Twitter, you may have seen a tweet that I put out recently regarding this. If, and it said, if you, if you don't transform your suffering, you will transmit it. And I really don't want to be transmitting on anyone. I heard that quote recently on Oprah's podcast, Super Soul Conversations, but that's not the show we're going to talk about today. Uh, today, dear listeners, we are checking in with one of my favorite minds. One of the best brains in the game, Jim Quick and his podcast, Quick Brain. Now, Quick Brain offers bite-sized brain hacks for busy people who want to learn faster and achieve more. I covered this podcast in episode number one, actually. It's a great show. I, I get a ton of value from this show. Also, Mr. Jim Quick is always super kind, 
really nice about getting back, getting back to me on Twitter or Instagram. Um, it makes me feel really good when when he does that. It makes me feel seen and cool. So thank you, Mr. Quick. I see you. I appreciate you. I love you. Now, this episode that we're discussing today, his episode of Quick Brain, it, it opens with a story. It's a parable, really, but the story goes something like this. There's a huge distribution center, like a massive Amazon warehouse, let's call it. And in this warehouse, you have a few hundred employees and a dozen dozen docks with trucks lined up and packages moving and, and conveyors humming and everything is trucking along on pace. Then, boom, lights out, machines stop, and everything stops working. The employees all have to be moved outside, and the management team is scrambling around trying to figure out what the problem is or even where the problem is. So 10 minutes go by, then 20, and then 30, then an hour, two hours. And then by three hours, the facility manager is like at his wit's end. He doesn't know what to do. The employees are getting frustrated, and the semi-trucks are lined up down the block waiting for the docks to open. So the manager starts searching for an, an expert tech that come help him. He starts looking online, and he Googles, you know, an expert tech. He finds a phone number, and 15 minutes later, an expert tech arrives. And the manager greets the man at the front door and follows the tech into the warehouse. The tech stops about 10 feet into the warehouse. He looks around, and he spots a box on the wall. He walks over to the box, and he takes out a large Sharpie from his pocket, and he draws a giant X on the front of the box. Then he opens the box. He turns a, a screw about midway down on the inside panel, and boom, all the lights and everything starts turning back on again. The conveyor belt is working and everything's fixed. And the manager is like overjoyed that he's fixed the problem. He turns to the man. He's like, how much do I owe you? Thank you. I can't believe you fixed it. Thank you so much. What, what is this, what is this going to cost me? And the tech looks at him and says, $10,000. And the manager is like, what? All you did was turn a screw. Dude, $10,000? I'm going to need an itemized receipt. Okay. I need an itemized invoice. I need to see what the charges are by line item. So the tech takes out his notepad from his pocket, and he grabs that same Sharpie marker, and he writes out an invoice, and he hands it over to the facility manager. The manager looks down at the invoice and reads, Turning screw, $1. Knowing which screw to turn, $9,900. And $99. Now, the point of this, the reason that Jim opens with this story is to illustrate the point that we all have specific screws, specific things that make a huge difference in our lives. And our job is to find those screws, the ones that have the biggest impact. You often hear people say that knowledge is power, but it's not only power. Knowledge is also profit. Knowledge is also profit. This is an expert economy. This is what Jim Quick calls it. This is an expert economy. Your mind has become the primary source of wealth. The more you can learn, the more you can earn. 
not just financial earnings, but in every area of your of your life. Learn, earn, return. That's the cycle. Now, we've moved as a society from brute strength to brain strength. And it used to be that if you were large enough and strong enough, then you got to make the decisions that led the country or even the world. But now if you if you have the brain strength, you can literally outsmart entire industries or corporations, huge corporations. Think of the hacks and the data breaches that that we've encountered over the past few years. Companies like Home Depot, Neiman Marcus, they all have dedicated teams of people to monitor and secure their networks, but they are still hacked and data is still compromised. So why? How does this happen? Because smart people outsmarted these companies by learning what these companies do not know and therefore getting a lot of millions of dollars as a result. Another thing, you are no longer rewarded for the hours that you put into something, but more for the work that you put into those hours. So you probably heard this before. You have to work smart, not just hard. Or (laughs) you have to work smart, not hard. But I want to put emphasis on the just hard part because often you hear people say, work smart, not hard, which implies you're making a a deliberate choice to only work smart and leave out the work hard part, which is impossible. Only way you can truly evolve in your work and actually see the work evolve is by actually doing the work, the hard work. I spoke a few episodes back when when I reached a podcasting milestone, I mentioned that I had a process and I described the process. And it was funny because it was almost instant, the thing that occurred. As soon as I finished explaining my process, the process changed. Overnight, I developed a new process, a better process. Like as soon as I got it out of my mouth, it evolved. And it was my ability to prioritize this process that made my podcast better. That's a mouthful. It was my ability ability to prioritize the process that made my podcast better. And I know from listening to other much more successful podcasters that having a process and a format for your show is key to gaining loyal listeners and subscribers. So people need to know what they're showing up for. Come to me for a reason. So the the ability to do this only comes if you're able to to put an X on what is the most important thing to focus on. And this goes for anything, but in this case, in the case of my podcast, I knew that I knew going into it that I would need to build a process for myself. Build a process for myself in order to keep myself motivated. Which just means that it needed to be <laughs> it needed to be easy enough for me to want to do it. Easy enough that I wouldn't dread the process and end up not doing it at all. And I knew that my podcast process also had to be short and, and easy to replicate or easy to scale because meaning that if I, if I decided something wasn't working, then I could easily segment it and, and try something else, swap in something different. So making the process short also allows me to teach it easily. In the event that I hire a producer or a show note writer, I will have something to hand over to them that will have relevant and consistent information, which I really wish I could get a show note writer because I'm super behind on that right now. Sorry, guys. Okay, enough with the technical stuff. 
All that to say, <laughs> the ability to place your ex in the right location, your ability to place your ex in the right location, will give you the benefit of forced multipliers. And a forced multiplier dramatically increases or multiplies the effectiveness of a resource to accomplish greater things than without it. If you spend your time identifying and turning the right screws, then the right screw will be a force multiplier, just like in the story. So what are the activities that have the greatest impact or return on your life or on your relationships, on your business, on your health, on your income, on your joy, on your fulfillment? The idea is that there is one activity that will yield much greater returns. There's one input that delivers multiple outputs. That is a forced multiplier. For me, this is podcasting. By sharing what I've learned, I'm able to feel a sense of return. That I have learned, I have earned, and I'm able to return, return some of the knowledge, the love and kindness and support that I've received from the world. I'm able to return that back into the world so we can continue the cycle and continue to grow and learn and earn and return. Also, I'm able to reach more people and meet more people by creating this platform. Greater visibility equals greater opportunity, for sure. That's how I got this new opportunity to consult is by having over 10,000 connections on LinkedIn. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying that I used it so I can literally get everyone to see me and it worked. I actually spent a bit of time taking a webinar on how to guarantee a job offer through LinkedIn. So it works. <laughs> uh, shoot me an email if you guys are interested. I'm happy to help anybody. Um, I'm happy to explain it to you. It's pretty easy. Less than five steps total, I believe. So yeah, hit me up if you're needing a job and you're on LinkedIn. I can give you some tips. But back to force multipliers. A force multiplier dramatically increases or multiplies the effectiveness of a resource to accomplish greater things than without it. Podcasting allows me to have a, a bigger voice and reach more people than not, having, than not having it would allow. Podcasting is one of my force multipliers. So let's find yours. What do you need to do in order to get far greater returns than you're getting right now? What one adjustment would make things way easier? You might have heard this before in the 80-20 rule. 80% of the results come from 20% of the efforts. But many people do the opposite. We put our focus, our X, on the 80% that only yield 20% of the results. So we get gypped by our own selves. So don't jip yourself. Don't sell yourself short by focusing on the wrong stuff. And don't feel overwhelmed that you haven't figured out what the fuck to focus on yet. Mr. Quick has some great tips for that, too. He says that your ability to choose the correct time, place, and activity to place your ex has more impact on your life than any other factor. Any other factor, dude. If you are putting your focal point, your ex, on the wrong shit, this life is going to be much harder for you. So. Let's figure out how to find your ex. How do you know where your ex should be? Where should you be focusing your energy today and tomorrow and the next day? So this is how you do it. You have to ask yourself eight questions. 
not all of them, maybe just some of them, maybe one, maybe two. You find the ones that apply to you. But these are the eight that you get to choose from. Number one, if you could accomplish one of your goals on your task list today, which one task would have the greatest impact on your life? Number two, where is my focus right now? I love that one. Number three, what needs to happen for today to be a success? Number four, what can I do to raise the odds of having a successful day? Number five, what is the one thing I can do today that will lead to meaningful progress toward my goal? Progress. Okay, progress, not perfect. Number six, what one project, if completed, will likely have the most impact? Number seven, what is the best use of this moment? I love that one too. And number eight, what matters the most right now? This is where the biggest impact came for me. These questions helped me out a ton. So thank you, Jim. I suggest, as he suggests, to remind yourself of these questions as often as you need to and ask yourself. You may need to ask yourself when you feel a sense of anxiety or when you're overwhelmed. Ask yourself then. You can set reminders on your phone and send messages throughout the day. I like that one a lot, actually, or schedule an email to send to yourself. Something cool like that that's automated. I like that idea. This will help, this will help you keep calm. You keep cool, keep perspective, and you'll be able to put first things first. And this, dear listeners, is how I plan on reminding myself what is important when I'm working in a corporate environment. I now have the tools to manage this and protect my ex. I feel like an X-Men. I have superpowers. And as Jim says, the most important thing is to keep the most important thing the most important thing. And this comes with a promise. As you get better at identifying and focusing on your focal points, on your X, as you start to become excellent in those areas that make a real difference in your life, you'll start to see the world as full of possibilities and not so many impossibilities. What you focus on, you become. So find your focus, guys, and please do more good for more people most of the time. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining me here today. I appreciate your sweet little angel ears allowing me to move in for less than 30 minutes. If you've been enjoying Amber on Podcast, please pop into iTunes to give a top rating or review. That helps other listeners find the show. Be good, be kind, and until next time, stay gorgeous and stay focused. Love you. Bye. I have a new obsession, guys. It's not totally new because I have long had interest in this, but I've yet to dive into it yet, really. But this new obsession of mine is blockchain, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, tokens, whatever you, you've heard or you want to call it. I'm interested. And I found a show, a podcast that is about a startup who is using blockchain technology to build a media company. Now, no matter if you're interested in startups or media companies, the best gift this podcast provides is an education into the world of blockchain, crypto, Bitcoin, etc. So if you're interested or like me, <laughs> obsessed, tune in to ZigZag, a show hosted by two badass ladies who will teach you a thing or two about the future of currency and opportunity. Again, that's ZigZag. And don't say I didn't warn you. Okay, that's all. Thank you. Love you. Bye.